Welcome to the first edition of the Fort Lee Podcast. I am your congenial host, Jefferson Wolf, and uh, today also with me is the Command Information Manager for Fort Lee, Pat Buffett. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Thank you for coming on, right, at you. least to start. Uh, this is the first edition of this podcast. Uh, we, are, we are now in a People First Army, so we're trying to reach people wherever we can and uh, also have the opportunity to tell people's stories firsthand by doing some interviews and other things. Um, Pat's here with me today for the first segment of the podcast. We're going to divide these podcasts, at least to start with, up into three categories, three segments, if you want to talk about it that way. Um, One, to talk about news and things that's going on 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 Fort Lee, which Pat's here for. We're going to uh, also have a segment to interview someone where we're, uh, this time, this week, we're going to interview uh, T. Anthony Bell, uh, the head writer um, uh, for the Public Affairs Office, who's been here a really long time and is going to share some great stories about uh, famous people he's seen and uh, the change in the industry, as well as some of the more important stories that he's covered while he's here. And then the third segment, we're going to talk to Megan Green from MWR to give you an idea what's coming up on Fort Lee for you to enjoy in the next uh, couple of weeks or month or so. So uh, once you have a chance to sit down and get familiar with the podcast. It's going to give you a chance to find out what's going on here at Fort Lee. Uh, You'll be able to listen to it at home. You'll be able to listen to it in the car. You'll be able to listen to it at lunch uh, whenever you have time. Uh, The hope is to get it up wherever podcasts, wherever finer podcasts are sold, Mm -hmm. and you can download it anywhere. Um, And we're also going to be posting links to it on our social media. So we're glad you're with us today. And um, we're kind of replacing... The Traveler newspaper, in a sense, we've we've transitioned away from the Traveler, which Pat worked on for so long, and so Pat, give us an idea of the end of the Traveler. Why did it end, and and uh, you know what are you looking at uh, replacing it with? Okay, well, the Traveler served Fort Lee for eighty years. That's a long run, and it's a very long run. And so, of course, it was a very loved publication, uh, but we were a victim of of ad sales, like many newspapers, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and so it, it wasn't sustainable um, because it, quite, quite frankly, wasn't making money. Well, lots uh, of other right. military newspapers have right. collapsed in that, the last That is true. Years that is too. true. I think the last count, we were probably down to, I want to say, in the neighborhood of a dozen or so newspapers that are still wow. thriving. Um, and those are, you know, uh, uh, that's certainly great news uh, because they are such a, a great tradition. Um, but unfortunately, you know, we couldn't we couldn't make it work here, uh, so we shut down our newspaper at the end of January. Um, the um, alternative to that, uh, of course, was that we had to look for other means to try to you know fulfill that information void that was left when the the, the newspaper was gone. Um, so as a result, here we are. You know, we're looking at different mediums like this broad, like this uh, podcast. Uh, we look at, uh, you know, certainly we have an online presence now, army.mil slash Lee. Uh, that is where our, our main news front now. Uh, we have our social media pages, uh, which are beca- which have become quite active. Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and Facebook, Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, and there. Instagram, that's correct. And uh, so those are becoming really our... Uh, bread and butter, as it were, to get information out to the to the community. Now, one example of the change is over the last few days, we've been publishing on Facebook and and the other sites. Mm-hmm. Um, 
high school graduation shout outs for the Fort Lee community, uh, high school graduates, That's people right. that have uh, uh, young men and women that have graduated from the local high schools. Um, tell me a little bit about what made you decide to use that. You know, that used to be a uh, section in the paper, wasn't it? That's correct. We used to do this annually as a special insert into our newspaper. And we didn't want to discontinue it because so often uh, the groups that are, are overlooked are the uh, younger uh, population of the fort uh, because of course they go to school every day and kind of do their stuff in the background um, but they are certainly an important part of our community we didn't want them to feel left out uh, and this year has been particularly tough uh, the, say a little over a year because of the uh, covid last year they didn't have commencement um, so this has been a really a, a, a good thing it uh, that uh, people have responded well to is uh what's the the difference in compiling something like that and putting it on social media as opposed to putting it in a section in the newspaper i think the it's been a little more creative i want to say <laughs> um the newspaper was nice because it was a takeaway as something you could put into a scrapbook mm -hmm. uh or you could send to grandma you know those sorts of things uh here um the popularity of social media means that you know, it can be shared and it can go out a lot quicker, uh, which is what made us decide that um, uh, another advantage would be that uh, instead of just merging all of the graduates together, is to present them individually, give them their 15 minutes of, of time in the spotlight. Right. And then uh, and, and allowing friends and family and other members of the command to say, hey, congratulations, good job. Yeah, to know. include the command leadership That's has true. chimed That's in true. on some of those posts, too. That is true. That is true. That's mm -hmm. good. So it gives them uh, a way to be recognized, maybe, that the newspaper didn't. Um, so a little bit now, talk to us a little bit about the importance of command information um, and, and how it, it shows us the lifestyle of what goes on here and, and you know, why, why are we doing this in, in the first place? Right. And I think it's really more important than maybe a lot of people realize because a comment that we would hear often, especially for the newspapers, like, oh, I don't read that thing. You know, what's, <laughs> it, what's in there for me? Well, if you really think about it, you know, whether it's a newspaper or it's a, a website or it's a social media site, is that we're doing our best to keep you informed. And I'll use COVID as, as an example, because mm -hmm. we all just went through this, is that had we simply not said anything about mask wearing or social distancing and shared that news, you know, you would feel pretty misinformed. Um, take that down to a uh, you know a day to day level, and we want to ensure that 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 community members know. Like we're in the middle, you know, hurricane season just began. That's just where I was going to go. Yeah, it's yeah. from uh, June one to November thirtieth, and last 30th, year right. set a new record for hurricanes making landfall in the U.S. So we have That's to correct. be ready for this stuff. That's correct. Yeah, we we exceeded the um, uh, the national oceanic administration right uh, knows, those guys uh, yeah those guys <laughs> we exceeded their their totals by i mean almost doubled what they had we went all the way through the named alphabet and for the first time only the second time in history we went into the the greek alphabet and, right, and, to and just for the record some yeah. of this is available on our story that we it did is. at army.mil slash lee that is correct that is correct so that's important to be to be informed about because 
you know, an hour before a storm is not the time to get prepared. You need to prepare right, now. Right. And mm -hmm. another story that popped up for a, a different population of folks on base lately is the program for those folks that are separating from the service. Um, and there's another group of people that we serve on here are mm -hmm. uh, veterans, retirees like you and me, mm -hmm. um, who also uh, are part of the community. Um, but there, there's a program for those who are getting ready to separate uh, that allows them to... Um, get STEM instructor training and that science, technology, engineering, math uh, training, they can get classroom experience while certifying in graphic design and computer programming. Right. That story is the sort of thing that somebody who is separating uh, might want to know about. That is correct. That and, is correct. And we yeah. need to reach out to those people too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, it's, uh, we have to think about the people, uh, about the whole soldier, you know, not just those, uh, the, in addition to those students who are coming here, we have to think about those those old veterans like us who are deciding to hit <laughs> yeah, the trail. Right. You know, unfortunately, we'd all love to go and go fit, go go home and go fishing. Right. But, you know, you got to get that next uh, career uh, yeah. started. And, and some people aren't retiring. Some people are just separating, That's and they're correct. looking for jobs and and a second career. That's okay. the transition assistant. Yeah. Easy for me to say. Yeah. That's the Transition Assistance Program in charge mm -hmm. of that, 804-734-4055 if you're interested. Mm -hmm. um, and you can find them on our website as well, mm -hmm. the Transition Assistance Program. Um, and the last story I would bring up is another example of a command information thing for those people who are on active duty and who were served by the post. Things going on at the hospital at Kenner. Um, one of the things they have going on is two new dietitians are there and those folks are able to help create an eating plan and manage medical conditions or uh, achieve a healthier lifestyle for folks and you know how do we work with some of these other organizations on base to get the stories up on army.mil slash lee uh we work fairly closely together but, but you know with cascom with our dcma folks uh commissary agencies here and has a public affairs team so we just um go to them and say you know what is your latest news and mm -hmm. and we collaborate and um, see how we can help each other out with getting the information out and uh, what we do is an advantage or the advantage is we we are able to use our website is to kind of consolidate all that stuff and give you a give the audience one place to go to get their news Right, so that's great. Mm -hmm. um, that's uh, army.mil.ly is where you find army. that stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I think we're all Army Fort Lee on those, aren't we? That is correct. Okay, mm -hmm. so we're all Army Fort Lee on all those. Um, if you found this link by using one of those, obviously you already know that. But if you want to look for the other ones, we're out there. Um, I guess that's about all we have for yeah. this segment. Pat, thanks for coming on. I appreciate right. it. Um, it's great to hear you talk about command information and get an idea of what's going on and uh, also be able to promo the website army.mil slash lee, which has kind of taken the place mm -hmm. of the traveler. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Very good. Okay, we're back with the second segment of the Fort Lee podcast. This is the inaugural edition. And uh, now I'm going to be joined by T. Anthony Bell, a name many people around Fort Lee have been familiar with for many years. T. Bell, as we call him here in the office, is the longtime senior writer here at Fort Lee in the, in the public affairs office. Uh, you've been here since when? 2005, November 27. Very good. That's, that's, that's quite a while. Uh, and welcome to the podcast, by the way. Thank, Thank you, you for helping us inaugurate the first one. Tell us a little bit about your job. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, again, I am a, a writer. Uh, for the command information section of the public affairs office. Uh, of course, you guys know that there's three 
functions of a public affairs office, that is uh, media relations, community relations, and command information. Mm-hmm. I work in the command information section where I support uh, the, uh, the, the commander's uh, agenda or, or his mission. And that means uh, writing stories that support the, uh, the activities here. Uh, that could be anything from training uh, to operations, you name it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you've been here since 2005, but before that you had a career in uniform with public affairs as well. Tell us a little about that. Well, I became uh, I came in the Army in 1979. I became a journalist in 1985 mm-hmm. uh, when the schoolhouse was still at Fort Benjamin Harrison, Indiana. I was an instructor there uh, and later moved on to Fort Meade, Maryland, where the schoolhouse moved. And I ended my career at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. What was, uh, as you were a, a public affairs uh, soldier, uh, how does that differ from being a civilian? There's not much uh, of a difference because uh, when I was in uniform, mm-hmm. I spent time uh, on numerous newspapers. So uh, my job today is really just an extension of that. So it was a good uh, training ground or good prep ground to come here. Oh, it was it was an excellent training. Came training off active duty into something you already knew. Yes, but I didn't. Let me just point out that when I retired in two thousand and one, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't go into public affairs. Ah. I worked at TSA. Oh, so you had a little break in there. I needed a break, <laughs> uh, but then I missed public affairs, and then yeah. I, I came back after three years. Well, it's it's it's. Uh, I'm sure Fort Lee has benefited from having you here for all these times. Now, speaking of all this time you spent here at Fort Lee, uh, what are some of the biggest events that happened during your time as a journalist here at Fort Lee? I would say the the, the biggest event, uh, one day event, was President Obama's visit. I think that was 2016. Uh, it took the uh, it, it took everybody here to prepare for that visit. Um, what did you do while he was here? I actually covered the visit. Mm-hmm. So I uh, he had a a sort of a uh, uh, how would you describe it? It was like a CNN town hall. Oh wow! Okay. So CNN was here. Where did that take place? That took place at Clark. Fitness Center. Oh, wow. Okay. So they had a studio set up mm-hmm. uh, with, um, with one of the anchors from CNN, and they interviewed the president, and he answered questions there. How about that? So that was, uh, that was a huge event for me. Right, sure. And, and you took photos and did a story about I it? I took photographs. I didn't get to interview the president, mm-hmm. you know, but I got close to him. Yeah. And that's got cool. plenty of pictures as well. Oh, wow, that's cool. And then you said, you said there was another one you wanted to mention as well. Uh, the other one was BRAC, right. and that is the Base Realignment and Closure, and it, it's a congressional mandate to either reorganize or realign an installation. And that, for, for Fort Lee, that meant uh, consolidating two or three schools right here right. at Fort Lee. So that was the Transportation School, the Ordnance School, and... Uh, some other activities move here as well. Right. So there was close to about a billion dollars worth of construction that went on because of BRAC. Uh, also, there were more than 50 new buildings that were, that were built here. Well, that's, that's a lot. I didn't realize it was 50. Uh, it, was a, it's, it was a huge transformation right. uh, for the installation because Fort Lee was simply before that a sleepy AIT post. Right. And after that, it became a bustling uh, sort of a 
you know, army installation. Now, how did you cover that over the course of time? I mean, what, what, what were the things you, you keyed in on to relay that information to the population? Well, I think the first thing that we, we were tasked uh, to do was simply to explain to our readership what was going on, what, what did BRAC mean, and how it was going to change Fort Lee. That was the, uh, that was the, the, the main point of my job. Um, we just came through a year, and we're still finishing up, I guess, uh, hopefully finishing up, a, a year of uh, COVID response and dealing with COVID. Um, how would you talk about the way you were able to, to do stories about COVID, and, and what was the goal to convey to people during this whole uh, uh, pandemic? Again, with, with any situation like COVID, or whether it be COVID or anything else, uh, the main objective is simply to... Um, convey to the readership wh wh what's going on. How is the command going to handle the pandemic? What do readers need to do to protect themselves? Uh, how the insulation will continue to operate under those circumstances. So my job encompasses all that. Now, in addition to having some large events while you were here, obviously, in, since 2005, there's been plenty of stuff to keep you busy. Um, you've also had the opportunity to meet and interview a lot of famous people who came through, uh, toured through Fort Lee for one reason or another. So tell me about some of the famous people you were able to meet. Uh, well, uh, so I, I got to start with President Obama. Right. Like I said, uh, I didn't get to interview him, mm -hmm. but simply... Just being there and being a part of the visit was, was pretty much the highlight of my career uh, as, a, as a civilian and, and, and as a soldier. Um, being a part of the best warrior competition uh, was, a, uh, was a, an 11-year event. It was held here at Fort Lee for 11 straight years. And during that competition, we had many, many people come through to either check on the warriors, talk to them, uh, you know, sort of promote what they were doing. That was when the big Army one was here, right? Because we still do a smaller one, but right. th that was the this big... This was the Department of the Army Best Warrior Competition. Right. And so we had the Secretary of Army, uh, McHugh. Uh, he came here. Uh, of course, the Sergeant Major of the Army was always here because he had to check on uh, how things were going before the competition started. You had a chance at one of the culinary competitions to meet a once-in-future chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So tell us a little bit about your uh, opportunity to meet General Martin Dempsey. All right, so first of all, I want to say that the culinary competition uh, is, a, is a great event because uh, it sort of promotes a career field in the Army that does not get a whole lot of recognition. Uh, people don't care anything about food service until they get hungry. And that's especially true when you're out in the field, right? Yeah. So to see those troops out there at the, at the competition, being proud of, of, of who they are as culinarians and, and being food service, it was always a thrill for me. So, but anyway, um, General Martin Dempsey at the time, he came here uh, when he was the commander of TRADOC. And one of his staff members was in the competition. So he came now to visit. Uh, to sort of take a look at him and also look at the, the, the competition itself. And I remember him doing a lot of food tasting. 
Mm-hmm. And so many people, many of the dignitaries who came to the competition uh, did a lot of food tasting. Well, that's kind of the goal, right? It's a, the culinary. How good is it? How good is it? But, you know, I would, I would think that because he's a general officer, he's used to that type of food. Yeah. But he was still tasting yeah, well, a lot of that food. Yeah. But no, it was a it was a great event to see him right. come down because you, what you want you want general officers to come to that competition because you know the competition really needed their support. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while you were covering the best warrior competitions, you got an opportunity to meet a Medal of Honor recipient. So tell us a little bit about that. All right. So the best warrior competition was here at Fort Lee for at least eleven consecutive years. And every year you would have these soldiers from all over the Army, from all over the world, uh, actually coming here to train for, you know, for I think it was it, it started off, at, it, it was a week, week long. And uh, the competition was always fun because uh, the events were different almost every year. And I remember uh, one of the highlights of the competition was actually me meeting uh, a Medal of Honor uh, so, so somebody named Command Sergeant Major Benny Atkins. He had been awarded uh, the Medal of Honor recently, and I remember uh, talking to him and watching him. And he was uh, somebody who was who seemed very humble to me. And the act for which he was uh, received the award, he, what took place during the Vietnam War, right? It was the I, I believe it was the Vietnam mm-hmm. War, and uh, he had helped to train some uh, uh, either Vietnamese, you know, in, in a battle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you know, it was, it, was, it was very noteworthy. Right. But I just remember him being so humble and listening and not preaching to soldiers, mm-hmm. you know, not judging soldiers at all, but listening to these young soldiers and, uh, you know, and being open to the new army. Ah. So that's what I really remember about Command Sergeant Major Atkins. How do you think the soldiers responded to somebody like that? Do you think that they were listening and, and learning? They loved this guy. Ah, they they good. loved him, and I and I heard them say it. See, this guy is like, uh, for many of them, it was the highlight of their military career because, as you know, you just don't meet many uh, many folks who've earned the Medal of Honor yeah. every day. Uh, many of them. You know, are you know are awarded posthumously? Right. So Absolutely. for them to meet him was was a highlight. Well, well, that's cool. So uh, with all the stuff we're talking about, kind of in the past, you're still here. You're still writing. You're still uh, very busily engaged. So tell us a little bit about the changes in the business. I know that in the first segment, Pat Buffett and I talked a little bit about how the Traveler newspaper went away and we're kind of transitioning to more social media stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about how that affects you or how you intend to use that um, in your job? Well, first of all, let's just say that transitions are tough. I was in the Army when we went from darkroom chemicals to uh, computer you know, processing, and that was tough for me. Uh, when the newspaper went away earlier this year, that's been tough as well that is I'm still transitioning so it's taken a little bit of getting used to uh, but you know the army moves on and technology has made things better so I'm trying hard to embrace social media (laughs) and everything that's you know associated with being online but 
that's the way things are. Uh, nothing's quite the same as picking up a newspaper and seeing your name there. Yeah, there's nothing like it. And, you know, I cut my teeth yeah. in that part of public affairs, so it's hard to let go. Right. Well, um, that's all I have for this segment. I think we're about the end of uh, our time anyway, so thank you for coming on. We appreciate it uh, for being part of this first Fort Lee podcast, and hopefully we'll be talking to you again soon. Thank you. Welcome back to segment three of our podcast. I am now joined by marketing manager Megan Green of Family uh, Morale, Welfare, and Recreation. I think I got that right. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's coming up for the MWR folks, what's coming up on, on base, uh, what some of the events are in the next month or so. Uh, but first of all, I think the biggest thing that uh, you guys want to talk about is adding some employees because FMWR is hiring, right? Absolutely, we're hiring. So we welcome everyone to come and be part of the family and MWR team. We have a ton of positions open. They vary anywhere from childcare to laborers at our golf course. And then finally, a really important one we'll mention because everyone wants to get that pool opened is we are looking for lifeguards and a manager. Ah, pool. That's very important. So very easy to go and apply. You visit usajobs.gov. You search keyword NAF, that's N-A-F, and you get a full listing of all of our opportunities. Right, and that's NAF on Fort Lee. Um, and and NAF is uh, stands for non-appropriated funds. Yeah, that's so that it's it's an acronym, and the reason is you look for the individual jobs, they don't pop up. Exactly. But for whatever reason, NAF does. It does because we have such a wide variety of jobs, mm -hmm. but that means a wide variety of opportunities for everyone too. Right. Okay. Great. Well, I guess the first thing on the list here is the Independence Day celebration. That's something everybody's interested in. It's going to be a little different this year than it's been in the past, though. Yep, kind of just like with everything else we've had in the past year and a half, it's going to look a little different, but we're super excited to be able to kind of have this be our kickoff of one of the larger events returning after COVID. Um, so tell me a little bit about what's going on. It's not on July 4th this year. No, it's going to be on July 2nd, but same time as usual, 5 p.m. So instead of being 4th at the Fort, it's kind of like 2nd at the Fort. Yeah, exactly. We um, changed it to the Independence Day celebration. Right. Um, so and, and it's also open to a different crowd of people. It is. So usually we'd have the whole community attending, including mm -hmm. outside the gates, people not affiliated with Fort Lee. We did need to keep the size a little bit more controlled this year. So it is open to DOD ID card holders only. Right. So anybody who has a DOD ID card and can get on base can attend, but the general public is unfortunately not invited this year. Absolutely. Yep. So okay. it'll be fun. We'll have food, fun, and of course the fireworks show, which will begin at about 930. Right. Um, and should it happen to rain, keep an eye on your Facebook page to see what's going to happen, but you have a backup date. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and we'll be posting all day from our Facebook page, which is Fort Lee FMWR. We do have a rain date of July 3rd, but that would just be for the fireworks. Right. It wouldn't have the food. Okay, got it. Well, so so to go over it real quick, July 2nd, 5 p.m., everything kicks off, fireworks at 930, and uh, hopefully a good time will be had by all to go Yes, you got it. And so Please stay say. tuned to our Facebook page, and we'll post more information. Right on, great. Um, and so tell me about Nine and Wine. Well, this is a brand new event that we just started doing a couple months ago. It is on the second and fourth Monday of the month. It's a glass of wine always pairs well with a round of golf. Okay. So we invite all the ladies out. Um, all skill levels are welcomed. In fact, last month we had about six or seven ladies that had never picked up a golf club before. Oh, wow. How'd they do? 
um, they had a good time. Really? That's good. <laughs> that, that's all that counts. Exactly. So it's $20 a person, and it's a great deal. It includes your wine, some finger sandwiches, your cart, and green fee. And you're obviously nine in wine. You're playing nine holes. If you get to that. Right. Okay. Got it. <laughs> and and the golf course has 27. So how do you pick which nine? Whatever the golf course tells us. Ah, and quite okay. honestly, many of us don't really know too much of the difference. <laughs> Very good. That sounds cool. Um, so what, what's, what do you have to do to re, uh, reserve a spot? Um, just swing by the golf course and pay some registration, the $20 fee, no later than two days before the event. And probably like everything else we're talking about, more information is also available on the Facebook page. Absolutely. And the Facebook page and also our website, mm-hmm. lee.armymwr.com. Very good. And now this is a recurring thing, which is actually opening up for more people now, right? Lunch at the Lee Club. Yeah. So we are so excited that we got to bring this back. It's open Tuesday to Friday, 1130 to 1. Um, It's daily and it's made with the freshest ingredients. So everyone that goes gives rave reviews. Um, Some of the favorites include yakisoba and the beef bulgogis, everyone's raving favorite. You know, oddly enough, I was looking at the menu just the other day and a couple things, those did did jump out. You also have a barbecue sandwich and a fish sandwich and a few other things. So there's quite a variety of things to to eat there and you get to sit in the luxury of the Lee Club. Absolutely. So we're excited to open the doors and bring everyone back inside to dine with us and be sure to let the waitstaff know what you like because we're really looking at making this an innovative menu that can change and update oh that's that's cool um and so uh, during covid you had slowed down what was allowed to go in there because of the um the capacity limits right yes and so now you're back up to full full force um yeah we're able to you know the the ballroom's quite big so people are right. still able to be distanced um, and enjoy meals there well that's good okay so uh another thing that's coming up and this is more aimed at a younger crowd uh is the summer reading program it is and i'll actually correct you on that so ah. we actually welcome all levels to our really? summer reading program from the youngest all the way through adults so, this so i could join the summer reading you program you can join the summer reading program would Everyone i get a can. t-shirt not a t-shirt, but I'm sure they'll find some prize for you. <laughs> okay, very good. So uh, the summer reading program is open to everybody. Yep. Please so, continue. So we kicked it off this past week. We had 65 in attendance at one of our youth events. And just like I said, we have events for all ages. So we'll do reading, crafts, and exercises um, scheduled throughout the summer for the young children. And then teens will have makerspace events throughout the summer. Um, again, open to all ages. Just stop by the library to register, and the library is located inside Army Logistics University mm-hmm. on the second floor. Okay. Um, and uh, is there a deadline for registration for the program? Because a lot of kids are just today, like my kids, uh, just finished their school year. So as the kids are getting out, is there a deadline where they have yeah, to Yeah, there's register? not necessarily a deadline. Just stop in. Okay. We just don't want you to miss out on all the events. Okay. Very good. Um, and the, the next event we wanted to discuss is Cork and Canvas. Yeah, so Cork and Canvas is one of the many art classes. We have two fantastic ladies at the frame shop that are very, very talented artists that are willing to help you kind of take your artistry to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a beginner or advanced, they can help you. So Cork and Canvas is enjoy a glass of wine. It is um, the last Friday of the month, and you can create a work of art with their trained artists. There is a minimum number of attendees, so we need to make mm-hmm. sure that we meet that minimum to have the right. event. Okay, so you have to register in advance. And how do you register for that? Just swing by the frame shop, and they're able to help okay. you out. Can, can you call? Is, are, is, they're, they're listed on the, on the website as well, right? They're listed on the website, and honestly, one of the easiest places to get phone numbers these days is the yeah. Digital Garrison app. Ah, good, good yes. catch, good catch. Always trying to plug that one. Right. So uh, Digital Garrison, you can download it 
from any of your app stores, no matter what phone you use, and it gives you information about what's going on on post, uh, gives you maps, and gives you uh, access to sales and things that are going on at, at AFI's PX as well. Absolutely, and it also will include all the events we've talked about today are all listed uh, okay. on the Digital Garrison so, app. That's a good one. Um, so uh, just one question for Cork and Canvas. Where is the Frame Shop located? So the Frame Shop is located in the area of the Lee Club next to the old bowling center. Now, oh. some of the arts and crafts classes they do there, but some of them they do near the Lee Playhouse. So just call and get all the details for okay. all their classes. Well, that sounds good. Cork and Canvas. Um, and we talked uh, one, one more time. Uh, we talked about hiring. Tell us a little bit about what you're looking for as far as hiring. Uh, what kind of folks are you looking for and what do they need to do if they're interested? Yeah, we think we have such a fantastic team, so we're really looking for anyone that wants to come, make a difference with the military, maybe take care of military children, work at our bowling center or golf course. Really, the opportunities right now are a little unlimited, <laughs> so we definitely want to get as many people in. If, um, you know, usajobs.gov is is um, a system that we hope is user-friendly, but if it isn't, just pop on our Facebook page, send us a message, and we'll help you walk through it. Okay, that's good. And then, um, so there's one more thing I wanted to talk about um, that I almost missed on the list here was uh, Leisure Travel Office and opportunities people can have if they go there uh, to look for uh, local area attractions and maybe even beyond. Yeah, so the Leisure Travel Office is by far our most popular office, especially ah. this time of year. And um, we will note that we added Saturday hours for everyone's convenience. So during the summer, they're open from 9 to 1230 on Saturdays. Um, they sell tickets to Busch Gardens, um, local area attractions, Williamsburg, D.C., you mm. name it. Okay. They can help you out. And their mission is to help save you money. So they're not going to be selling you a ticket. You could get cheaper somewhere else. Right. They're really there to help you save. Oh, that's good. Now, um, that office is also by the old bowling alley, right? It is. It's in the Bloom Building, Building right. 9024. Right. Okay. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, I, I, that seems to be about everything we wanted to talk about today. Um, uh, you can always find details about what's going on at MWR at lead.armymwr.com. That's the website. We talked about the Digital Garrison app, and we also talked about uh, the social media sites there on Facebook. Are you guys on any other social We're media sites? We're also on Instagram. Okay, Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Take a look for uh, Fort Lee Army MWR. Uh, and so thank you very much for joining us. Uh, that was uh, Megan Green, the marketing manager for FMWR here on Fort Lee. That wraps up this edition of the Fort Lee podcast. Thanks very much to Pat Buffett, um, T. Anthony Bell, Megan Green, all for appearing as guests on our show. Uh, spinning the dials and making us all sound good was Brian Stevens. And we'd like to invite you to give us any feedback. Feel free to hit us up on any of our social media properties that we talked about as we were going through. On Twitter, if you use the hashtag Fort Lee Podcast, all one word, we'll keep an eye out for that. And um, incorporate whatever you have as suggestions that we can into our future episodes of the podcast. Uh, once again, for everybody involved here, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on the Fort Lee Podcast.